0: Welcome to another episode of Pool Tasters Podcast. And we have Megan Kendrick back again. It's February, the end of February. How's it going, Megan?
1: I'm bundled up. I have on my giant sweater and I also have my giant blanket in here with me. Um, <laughs> so just trying to stay warm in my recording closet.
0: Love it. Well, if we're talking about swag, I'm repping the Hazen Williams shirts that we did not too long ago.
1: It's not as
0: cold here, so I can wear a t-shirt for, you know, half of the day.
1: I'm I'm jealous of you. However, I am about to head to San Diego. And so, I mean, it's not like San Diego is going to be hot, but it will be warmer than this, I hope.
0: Sweater weather or t-shirt weather, long sleep weather, maybe. (laughs) There you go. So you were in Atlantic City for the pool show. How was it?
1: It was it was really good. It was um it was big as far as ex- exhibit space. It seemed like there was a lot of people there. Um and it was just busy. There were a lot of people coming through the show on uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday's always slow, but uh, Tuesday and Wednesday it was it was packed.
0: Yeah, did you have a chance to walk the floor or did you have to stay at the booth the whole time?
1: No, I did get the chance to walk the floor some. Um so the cool thing about Atlantic City is that like Pentair, Hayward, uh Fluidra, they kind of all come out in a big way for Atlantic City. And so it's always good to see their booths and what they're what they're working on. Um and see what kind of creative thing they've done with their with their booth. So that's always fun. But also um there are a lot of kind of new companies and technologies and things that we were seeing that weren't from the big three, which was which was kind of cool. So independent companies doing um, pool cleaners and automation. And, you know, that was kind of interesting to me as well, that you're starting to see some of these some of these new products come out um, from companies that we we don't know yet.
0: Yeah, does that get difficult? Because you're probably like, oh man, I'd love for them to be in the magazine and I want to talk about this. I mean, do you just look for the biggest groups of people in new products? Because I'm sure that's part of it. You know, you see something new and it's like, oh, we Mm -hmm. need to talk about that in the magazine.
1: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard with new stuff, um, especially people new to the industry, because you don't know if it's going to stick around. Um, There have been a couple of times Maybe more than a couple of times that we've written around written about a new product that never actually came to market, <laughs> which is really frustrating. And so, um, yeah, I want to talk about these new things and I want to talk about these new people immediately. But I've started to kind of hold off until I see um, see if they stick around because I don't want to talk, you know, tell our audience like, hey, this is this great new, really cool thing, and they're doing all this stuff, and then you know, six months down the road like the product doesn't exist anymore.
0: Yeah, that's, that's honorable. I'm curious, do you have any idea how many people subscribe to the magazine that are like brand new to the pool industry where they want to start a business and they're just kind of looking where to start?
1: I don't know that, but, um, I know we talked about this some last time, but in our renewal campaign, we are going to start to note that, which is which is pretty interesting. Um, and it's interesting too because I do get emails from people often or not often, but you know every once in a while yeah <laughs> talking about kind of where they're at in their business journey and how the magazine has been has been helpful or how they've used it to to grow their business and that's always um, the best part of my day.
0: right. So anything noteworthy, anything. You know, what was your favorite thing to look at at the show or one of the best? Oh,
1: man, that's hard. A lot of um, cold tub things were on the show floor, which was really cool. I mean, that's obviously a big trend across the world right now that people are talking a lot about. And so it was really interesting to see that show up on the show floor. Um, and it it made me laugh because you and I had talked about it. And then I was like, well, there they are.
0: <laughs> there they are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Did you see uh, more than one different uh, cold plunge manufacturer? Because I know they are popping up left and right because, you know, as soon as Joe Rogan and everyone else starts talking about it and showing that they're doing it, you know, the companies are going to pop up.
1: Yeah. So um, there was one hot tub manufacturer that had a cold tub, a couple cold tubs on display. Um, And there was another one that while we were at the show sent out a press release announcing their new cold tubs. And so it felt like, um, and I think there was one more, and I, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, so I may be wrong. <laughs> but it was something that I'm not sure would have caught my attention otherwise, but then it was like, oh, yeah, there they all are.
0: <laughs> so they come in so many different shapes and sizes. If it were you going to do a cold plunge, I which... Wouldn't. You know, because they have a barrel, they've got, you know, a spa size, they've got, you know, the really small ones. Well, I don't, I feel like it would be really intimidating going into a large spa, like freezing cold plunge. I'd rather just jump in a bucket.
1: What I did see that I would, the only way that I would probably do it is um, there was one where it was a cold tub and a hot tub. And so you could do the cold plunge. Oh, you can't
0: do that. They can't do that.
1: That's the way, that is the only way you would get me to do it is if I know I can be warmed up again immediately.
0: (laughs) You know, everybody's going to hit that hot button like sooner than they normally would. That's the whole point. I was about to ask you if uh, the spa manufacturers made like a switch where you could go from like cold to hot, but I couldn't imagine that it would, it would uh, switch that fast.
1: No, no, no. So this was like, this was a single unit that had separate areas. So there was a like a divider between the two. So you could have the hot going and the cold going at the same time. Because you can take a hot tub and use it as a cold tub if you want. Um, but yeah, you're not going to heat it up fast enough to, do, to be able to do both.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I did. I can't remember his name. He's super famous. He's a, a scientist, but he's always talking about cold plunge. But he was saying for people, um, in the technology space that are writing a lot, you're listening to stuff like the cold plunge is excellent for that because it like really wakes you up and it wakes up a lot of different things in your body where he said opposed to like yoga is good for everything, anything, but it's not like something you want to do before you go maybe like listen to podcasts for editing or writing a magazine article or something like
1: that. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, maybe I can add that to my to my uh to-do list in my in my spare time because
0: <laughs> you might <laughs> like lose a bat have... one day
1: uh, yeah well there you go but <laughs> honestly I mean so I did grow up in North Dakota and when we were kids like we had a hot tub and hot tubbing was um I mean you did it in the winter not in the summer and so as kids we would get out of the hot tub and we'd run around in the snow and then get back in the hot tub and so I feel like that was kind of that's kind of like a cold plunge, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, that's crazy too. Yeah. The only
1: bad thing about it is that um, you know you come in with all the snow on you, and then the hot tub water cooled down really fast.
0: Oh yeah, I bet. <laughs> and you get a big group of kids, like
1: an entire volleyball team, that are running around and then bringing snow back in. That hot tub did not stay hot for very
0: long. <laughs> right. So let's talk about the March issue. You know, uh, you seemed a little nervous when I was uh, bringing it up. So, what's going on with it? Excited to hear it.
1: I am. I am so nervous about this issue. Um, And I always get like a little bit of kind of anxiousness when a new issue comes out because you know you're sending out this thing that you've created into the world for everybody to judge. (laughs) So I always get a little a little antsy. But I'm I'm genuinely nervous about this one because, so number one, we always put a pool person on our cover. Um, it's one of the things that I love about our magazine. Um, however, this time we're not. So we're going a little bit outside the box. Um, there will still be people on there, just multiple people and not all on the same plane. And, you know, I don't know, it's 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 a little bit different for us. Um, so I'm excited about that, but also nervous because again a little bit outside of our outside of our box. And then also there are two stories that I have been working on for almost both of them for almost an entire year that are going to be coming out in this issue. And yeah, it's just been a lot of work and a lot of thought and I really don't want them to flop.
0: <laughs> so give it to me. What 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 are these topics?
1: Um okay, so the the one that will be on our cover is about chlorine, everyone's favorite topic. Um, so obviously the chlorine shortage and all of that stuff the last couple of years, price increases uh, was was a huge topic in our industry, right? I ever since then, I wanted to dive in on the supply chain for how chlorine gets to swimming pools. And look at kind of every facet that goes into that, um, kind of to help us kind of to help explain like why, what happened happened. Um, but also just cause I think it, I think having an understanding of the bigger picture of something that is so, uh, integral to our industry, um, I just think is really, is really interesting. And it's something that I didn't know a lot about, um, you know, how does chlorine go from one factory to another, to the bottle, to the pro, you know, all of that. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that and nervous. Um, one because i've been working on for a long time and two because i think the chances of me like getting a fact wrong or screwing something up are higher on that one than maybe your normal your normal article <laughs> right cuz i'm not a chemist and i don't manufacture chlorine and uh yeah so there's lo- i feel like there's lots of things that could go lots of failure potential failure points on that one
0: <laughs> well that must have been a lot of research probably more research because There's probably things that, you know, you didn't realize. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to bring a lot of things to light where people don't understand that when one piece of the puzzle gets, you know, messed up, that it's going to put everything behind and it affects everybody.
1: And I will say the other thing that makes it difficult too, is that um, the chemical companies are not always the most transparent. And I don't mean that in like a negative way, but. Just that industry is really insular. Um, people who make pool products are probably also making products for a bunch of different industries. And so um, they are not super excited about sharing really specific information like that. So it gets kind of complicated when you're like, okay, but who do you get this from and where do you get that from? And they're like, I'm not gonna tell you that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it's Are hard you saying to get that down.
0: because you hit a lot of walls during your research?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was really it was really hard. And so there's some things that you you kind of know in general generalities that I wanted to get down to like the really granular, like where did this come from? Um and why did it fail um that you're just not able to do because they for whatever reason can't be as you know super transparent about some of that stuff i think it's such a competitive industry too i mean it's really it's being a chemical manufacturer is really tough um and i think and competitive and so i think there's also like they don't necessarily want their competitors to know where they're getting things from even if they do know (laughs) So yeah, it was it was really interesting, really frustrating and yeah, I'm I'm excited and also super nervous about it.
0: Well, we'll know soon enough. <laughs>
1: I know, man.
0: So what uh else is in the magazine? You said there was two topics.
1: I know. Yeah, so the other one um not nearly as as stressful, but has taken me way longer to work on than I anticipated. Um so last May, I went to Florida and spent a day with national pool partners Um, just an entire day with their team, seeing kind of how they did things and um, just had a lot of conversations about uh, their philosophy and how they're putting their company together and all of that. And so um, I definitely underestimated how much time it would take me to go through uh, like hours and hours and hours of information (laughs) to distill into one article. Um, I'm not fully finished with it yet and it's already over 3,000 words, which normally our feature length articles are like (laughs) 1,500. So we're definitely going, um, there's a lot. I'm going to have to, um, I think it was Fitzgerald who said, kill your darlings. Um I'm going to have to probably kill a lot of darlings in this piece for it to actually like be magazine ready.
0: <laughs> that's the sad part.
1: I know there's always these little tidbits and funny things and you know someone says something that you just think is super insightful and you love it and by the time the final edition comes out you're like oh, that just didn't fit and I had to cut it and I it's 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 painful.
0: I think that's, you know, why we have books, audio books. I like that about, I like the difference between magazines and say an audio book, because you can kind of get that whole thought out and it's okay. Cause it's expected. Whereas a magazine, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, cut into a quarter of what that story yeah. is. And that can be a lot of work. Cause sometimes there's a lot to say about, you know, what they're doing. So let me ask you, we'll go back to the chlorine thing, but okay, what, what point are you trying to get across with like MPP? And then I'm going to ask you the same thing with the chlorine. Like, is it more of like, it's something that interested you and it's a research project. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both uh, great topics, but I'm just kind of curious, like, what yeah. would you like somebody to get out of it?
1: Right. Well, it's it's interesting because that's the other thing about working on articles is that a lot of times you start with one vision in mind for what you're trying to do. And then when you're done with it, you realize it's about something completely different. (laughs) Um, And that's how I feel a little bit about the NPP article is um, it kind of started just as like, hey, let's give an industry, the industry kind of an inside look at a consolidator, you know, um, you know, not kind of trying to present like, what does it actually look like to work with them? Um, you know, show that there are maybe not this like big, scary behemoth trying to take over the entire industry. Um, so I think that was kind of the, the start of it. But I think what was really cool about um, hanging out with them was I feel like what the article is becoming has become is a lot more just about running a good service company. And how to do it um, and so it's just been it's just been really interesting because you know when you sit down with a company that's got that size and scale and operational issues that most service companies don't, um, their solutions I think can just show you a good way of running any company. and so anyway that's just it was it kind of started out as one thing and it really has kind of ended up being something I did not. Anticipate. And so, and that was one of the reasons why I had such a hard time writing it is because, you know, I had this vision of what I wanted it to be. But the more I talked to them and more I learned, I felt like I was actually learning stuff. And I was like, well, I want everyone else to learn this stuff too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Because I think most business owners and pretty much every business are really naive to what it really takes to run a business. And before you know it, uh, you've grown too large to, Mm -hmm. you know, work in the business, work on the business and, you know, create all these processes and figure out, you know, you're, you know, trying to find money and you're creating SOPs and you're doing all these different things. Whereas, you know, I, I think that's what I like best about MPP is you get to keep, you know, the name of your business. So if you've invested anything into a brand, you know, they're pretty much handling the dirty work, you know, they might own it. But if you don't suck, you probably stick around. (laughs) Um, but I I think there's a a lot of benefits to seeing both sides because if you're looking at your business and looking at kind of what they do, there's risks on both sides of that. Like if you Mm -hmm. keep doing things the way that you are, um, you might not be able to do it financially. Um, it might take a toll on your health. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, you know, you can get your sanity back. You can, Maybe you have more money to do different things because, you know, I remember being in that business and it just, you felt like you were surrounded by opportunity, but you couldn't, you couldn't really always take it because sometimes it, it really does take a lot of money to make money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was really, it was really interesting looking at, um, the, the way they communicate, uh, the numbers that they look at on a consistent basis. Um, you know, and I think they're able to plan ahead in a way that most business owners, myself included, don't, right? Having a real strategic plan um, that I think we kind of all want to have, but we don't really always know how to do or don't really have the time to put together. And so it was just really interesting to watch a company have that and how they followed it and stayed on track. And it was like, okay, this is, this is how you roll.
0: (laughs) This is how you do it. Yeah. So what exactly are you trying to get out of the chlorine portion of the, of the magazine?
1: Yeah. Well, I think kind of what I said before is that, well, something that I have always felt for myself is I always feel like the more I can learn about the industry the better I can do my job um and so that's why I because I don't I don't service pools I'm not out working on hot tubs like I'm not I am not in the field selling fixing doing those things and so I always feel it's really important for me to um go visit manufacturers to see people working um you know their routes. Like that's the kind of stuff that I feel like is really important for me to do and experience and learn because otherwise, how can I serve the industry? You know, how can I do my job really well if I don't have some of that, uh, boots on the ground experience and knowledge, you know? And I kind of think it's the same for, it's the same, I think it's the same for everybody in the industry, right? Like I think the more you know about your industry, the better job you can do. And so, you know, maybe not everybody is as nerdy as I am about uh, manufacturing and supply chain and seeing how all of those things come together. But I think the more, the more, you know, the more intelligent you can speak to your customers when issues come up. And also the better that you can prepare when something happens. You know, I mean, none of us were, none of us were prepared for what happened with, with chlorine. And I'm not saying that we are always going to have all of the information to say, oh, hey, look, six months down the road, there's going to be a price increase or a shortage because of this. But maybe, I mean, if, if we knew more about how that actually worked, maybe we could have been more prepared for it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking about for the, the chlorine story. I just feel like the more, you know, the better you can be.
0: I like that a lot, because if you have all those details, maybe you'd be able to kind of look at where things are like in the market. If you're watching the news and there's certain things going on with the economy or Um, there's just something, uh, with the supply chain that would affect say a chlorine plant. Right. Maybe you'd be able to kind of like alter your business model to kind of the plan B or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, so that it's not, you know, so impactful because, you know, there's some companies that, you know, that's, they depend on chlorine. So if that gets cut out or it's just, it's really hard because it's so expensive that it's hard to charge. Mm -hmm. You know your customers that much more. Um, it can it can be really difficult. So yeah.
1: well, and I think too, like we as an industry, we look at okay, well, BioLab had the fire, that's why there was a chlorine shortage, right? And obviously that played a big part of it, but that wasn't the only thing. There were like three or four or five other things that happened in a really short period of time um, that didn't have to do with BioLab that made. Uh, that made the shortage worse than it had to be, you know, and it's like, these are things like natural disasters and um government mandates, and like all of this stuff kind of happened at once that made this way worse than it would have otherwise been. And so and that's the thing, I think we just, you don't know if you don't know. And so I think it's really interesting to like, think about this all together as one thing, like, you know, Yeah, they get the products by rail and there were fires and the railroad was shut down for a week. You know, that kind of stuff makes a huge difference. And we don't know that ever. And so that's that's really the the kind of the details that I want to get across to people and help us all better understand as an industry.
0: Yeah, I I love it. Is that the only way um, because of uh, what it is? um, You can only transport it by train?
1: No, there's different. It just, it really depends. It depends on what it is. It depends on what form it's in. It depends on how far it's coming. So um, sometimes it's tankers, sometimes it's rail. Um, Yeah, it just depends. But it's interesting because like the building blocks of how you make um, chlorine for pools, there are really only a handful of manufacturers that you can get those sort of building blocks from. And so, you know, when something goes wrong with one of those, which, again, did happen, (laughs) it not only impacts the pool industry, but also, I mean, chlorine kind of sanitizes everything that we touch and drink and use in our lives. And so, yeah, it was it was really it was really fascinating.
0: That's awesome.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, thank you so much, Megan. Really looking forward to the new magazine coming out here in March. Um do you have anything else you want to share with the listeners?
1: Uh, no, I just would say um, you know if these articles suck <laughs> feel free to tell me <laughs> and say yep, you got this wrong and um, I'm, I can take it uh, that kind of feedback only again only makes us better um and that's what we're that's what we're always going for striving for that continuous continuous improvement.
0: I love that. Well, be respectful. uh, Give feedback. (laughs) Don't just say it sucks and not have any uh, feedback on what could be better. But uh, thank you so much, Megan. I appreciate your time.
1: Oh, and I should also say you can pick up Pool Pro at um, SCP and Superior Pool Products for free. But please, please go to poolpromag.com slash subscribe and get an issue sent directly to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can find everything discussed in this episode and more in our show notes below or PoolChasers2.0.com. This episode was produced by the amazing Kyle alderman I'm Greg Viafania, and you've been listening to the Pool Chasers podcast.